We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We got a chance today to show who we are in front of the world. Looking deep has a man wide open. Touchdown. Touchdown for Jacksonville. Touchdown, Jacks. You're listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. What's up, y'all? It's JK3. We are welcoming back our multi-time guest on the podcast, sports anchor for WJXT4 and one of the best followers on Twitter, and that is Jamal St. Cyr. Hey, Jamal. Hey, appreciate y'all having me on. It's always a blast, guys. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So just to catch us up a little bit, what have you been up to since uh, last season? I mean... Maybe give us uh, some background on what you've been up to yourself and then just maybe a little over, uh, overall overview perspective on the Jags offseason and kind of how you've seen everything play out. Oh, man, you know, since last season, it's been like almost like just waiting. It's like as soon as the, as soon as the season ended, it was like starting to build up for next year. That hype is really starting to build. Um, I pretty much just been hanging around, you know, enjoying Jacksonville, trying to rest up, charge the batteries for what's hopefully a, a long run next season. Um, so far, so you know, so good. It was really quiet for the Jaguars, so we didn't really have to worry about anything through the offseason. So, so nothing too crazy from there, but it, it, it's going to be a fun ride, I think, this year. So you mentioned that we didn't have anything to worry about in the offseason. There was a familiar face that hasn't been at OTAs. Okay. So uh, let's talk about 41. Um, you know, what, what's the vibe since he's not there? I mean, look, Josh is a guy who's going into a, this is a big year. This is like a make or break kind of year for him. And I've said multiple times, and I stand by it, somebody's going to give this dude a huge contract next offseason. And I mean huge, like $100 million, $90 million contract. He has enough sacks, you know, that first year. He's such an athlete, and that first-round pedigree, somebody's going to pay this dude. I just hope it's not the Jaguars. Uh, I you, mean, you hope just, it's not. I hope it's not. I, wow. Honestly, like, I mean, nice dude, great locker room presence, you know, leader on the team, but he just hasn't produced. Not consistently enough for that kind of contract. You pay dudes like that that are like game changers. 
And I mean, last season, Josh had Josh was a part of like the two biggest plays of the Jag season, but they were just kind of right place, right time. Not him making the plays. You know what I mean? In the Titans game, mm-hmm. Shaquille Quarterman makes the hit of his life on Derrick Henry, and jo- it just falls in Josh's hands. That's right. great. Same thing with Josh Dobbs. The ball just kind of bounced to him. He was a part of the biggest plays, but it wasn't him making the play. He just happened to be right place, right time. I hear you. So, 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 really quick, we were we were chatting about that before we started up, and I was doing some comparisons. Obviously, you know, Nick Bosa's the ceiling for mm-hmm. you know not just for the league, but for that draft class too. Um, but. When you think about, like, a, a player comes to mind, I pulled up his numbers just to kind of see where he was. Uh, Judon, Matthew Judon for the for the Patriots. Uh, when he was in Baltimore, he wasn't really lighting the world on fire. And then New England gave him, like, a four-year, 60- or four-year, $50 million deal, if I recall. And now he's double-digit back-to-back years. Like, that's what scares me about letting him go because then he could turn into that. And then it'll be like, geez, uh, we don't. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah, do you, do I mean, you that's think... the risk of it. Uh, he has all the tools to be great. I mean, last year, think about it. At, there was a like the first quarter, or like halfway point, we were talking about those advanced stats, and uh, like he was in the top ten in the league in pressures. That's great, but what does a pressure really count for? Like, does anybody really even know how they calculate a pressure? Like, how close do you got to be to get this pressure to count for you? Like, the stats, the sacks weren't there, though. And, like, I get it. He has all the potential in the world. So does Trayvon Walker. So, I mean, so right now, I mean, you know, and I know that the expectation is pretty, it's, you can't really see what people can do based off of shorts and helmets and things like this. But, I mean, a lot of the follows that we've been seeing on uh you know on Twitter and some of the things that you guys have been putting out Yasira Abdullah so if we are potentially talking about maybe you know uh having a replacement for Josh Allen uh is it you know uh, Abdullah's job to to go ahead and and win at that point to be on the on a bookend with uh Trayvon or is there will that be an open competition there uh you know on that uh that that left edge look I, I I'll, I'll give you two things so I do think that if they're going to be competitive and trying to keep Josh. I just think that that's how they roll. They're not going to want to let him walk. Um, if they were going to, if there was going to be an in-house replacement for him, I think Yazir Abdullah is going to have the first opportunity to audition for that. I'm not sure if the way the scheme is right now with the things that Josh is asked to do, if, if he can do that on a down-in, down-out basis. That doesn't mean they couldn't alter it and switch, you know, switch things. This year, Yasir has an opportunity to go and get a role. But we got to also remember that we're not talking about a guy that was a first or a second round pick. This is a guy mm-hmm. that first got to go make the roster. He was hyper productive in college. I mean, he compared himself to Elvis Doomerville. And I mean, if you remember Elvis Doomerville in the lead, dude was a yeah. dog. So if yeah. he could be like half a Doomerville, like the Jaguars are doing great. Um, it's tough to say that that he's can gonna be able to walk in and like replace Josh Allen in a year, but I mean he's the guy in house, the in house candidate for it. If not, the Jaguars will be looking for a replacement if they let him walk after the year. Um, I did ask Chat GPT how does the NFL calculate pressures, 
And uh, it said that there <laughs> are different methods used to determine and track pressures, but generally they involve a combination of observations, video analysis, and subjective judgment. Um, and so it sounds like it's very subjective and there are just literally people watching and counting it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, he was close. Give him one. You know, it's like... I uh... <laughs> Give him a pressure. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. Could you imagine, like, some of the... Old uh, football, you know, old the kids call them old heads nowadays, but some of the old school football guys using chat GPT to look up something. <laughs> like, they already get mad with analytics. Could you imagine them using <laughs> Like, somebody call Baselli and say, hey, we're going to ask, what uh, we're going to um, use chat GPT to give us the definition of a pancake and see what you think. Not the one you eat, but a pancake block. And see. Sure. I use it all the time. He would probably look at you like, just shut up, man. Just shut up and leave me alone. Just wait till you ask Chat GPT if you should go for it on fourth down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll report back on that at the end of the podcast. <laughs> go for it. Oh, man. But no, um, going to the wide receivers here, yeah. you know, Jamal, it has been something, you know, we, we, we all saw it, you know. Teams weren't didn't have safeties back. Everybody was in press coverage. Everybody dared Zay Jones and company to and Christian Kirk to get off the ball and, and get off the line and see if they couldn't get past them. And now we are, you know, teams can't do that anymore. You're going to have to at least keep one of those guys back because Ridley will go right past them. Um, what do you think about that, man? That's we haven't had a wide receiver room like this. I mean, since Jimmy and Keenan. Yeah, I mean, this could very well end up being one of the better wide receiver groups in, in Jaguars franchise history. I, I mean, I 100% think that uh, it was like a year ago we were watching Christian Kirk and we were like, man, he just makes wide receiver look so effortless. And then Calvin Ridley rolls in and you're like, wow, he makes it look even easier than that. I mean, he's a special athlete. He Dude is, is truly a special and unique player. Um, the stuff that he should be able to bring to the field and open up everything for everyone else to be successful um, is going to go so far. I mean, his numbers should be really good, but the opportunities that he's going to be able to open up for a guy like Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby's in the backfield and even Christian Kirk to be able to eat from the slot and Evan Ingram is where his real impact is going to be. I mean, the numbers that Trevor Lawrence should be able to put up in this offense with these guys around him should be absolutely insane. All right, I'm going to ask one more question, and this is a kind of a, uh, a multiple text conversations I have with friends. One of them, uh, and I'm going to call him by name, Mark in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, because he annoys me, one of my good longtime buddies. He thinks we should get DeAndre Hopkins or at least pursue and, and look at that. I told him, no, don't want him. No, it's nothing against him. No, let's stick with what we have. Uh, I asked JK3. He kind of said, I don't know. You know, he, you know, JK3, usually, him and I usually disagree on these things. So I won't say he's all in because he kind of was like an eh answer. So, but before he uh, responds to this, because I know he's going to, what, <laughs> what do you think, Jamal, if we pursued DeAndre Hopkins? Not saying he wants to come here. Mm-hmm. But what if we pursued him? What, what kind of contract are we talking? Can I can I get a stipulation with this? Like, are we talking like a big long term deal? Like a no, three year or like no, a one he's year, like... he's thirty years old, so two year deal. 
with a you know a team option after the first year? I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I ain't gonna lie to you. All right, so uh, really, hear, okay. hear me out. Like I love Zay Jones. Like he's one of my favorite dudes uh, on the team. Honestly, unique guy. I like him as a player. Works hard. I mean. Like, guys were going after him the other day because they were like, I thought we was going half speed, Zay. And he's like, I practice full speed. This is just what I do. Like, I love the dude. But I, I'd bring D-Hop in in a heartbeat. If D-Hop's trying to ring chase, man, I, I he's not going to get the volume here that he's seen in his career. But the one thing that I keep saying, like, I love the Jaguars receiving group. I think the offense is stacked. But, on, it, like, we watch some of those Joe Burrow plays where he's running for his life and he's just, like, he throws it up. And he did an interview, I think it was last year or the year before, and he was like, they were like, what would you see on that play? He was like, I just knew Jamar Chase was down there somewhere and I figured he was going to come down with it. I, you, you, need, you need a receiver that's going to be your 50-50 ball guy. Who's the Jags 50-50 ball guy right now? Like, if Trevor, if Trevor needs to throw up a, a, a jump ball to somebody, who are you throwing it to? I don't have one. I don't have one. That's D Hop's specialty. That's why I, I, if if he wanted to come ring chase, if he wanted to reunite with his boy Christian Kirk, who they played together in Arizona, and Christian said he want really wanted to play for Doug because Zach Ertz was in his ear telling him how great Doug was. D Hop also played with Doug. Just saying, um, I, I'd bring him in in a heartbeat and say, "All right, you know what? We're gonna stack the deck and say Trevor go be the MVP and slang that thing around the yard." That's just me though. The the only reason why I was un I, I was I don't know about it is because like the Jags don't do this H- historically like the Jags don't go out and get you know uh, a, a make a move that would make sense you know and I think that the Jags are you know pretty much content with what they have right now. Yeah, I mean I'm good with the group they got for sure. Um, and you're right, they don't the Jags don't normally make moves like this, but in the past. There haven't really been players around the league that just wanted to come to Jacksonville and play. Right. I mean, this is that's what makes this different. I mean, think about it. The Broncos cut Brandon McManus, and Heath Farwell has his interview. Or had a, uh, was at the podium the other day. And he said McManus texted me and said he wanted to come to Jacksonville. Like, what other coaching staff in Jags history could say that players were texting them saying, "Hey, coach, y'all want me?" that things are just a little bit different now because people around the league see that this team can be legit. And if D hop wants to go ring chasing and play, I mean, there's only so many different places. Like he could go to Kansas city and do that. Sure. If the chiefs want him, he can, there, there are a number of places, but the Jaguars will be in that conversation of teams that you want to go and play for. And that these guys are going to want to go and play for if they're trying to go and do that, because you got a quarterback, and you got not just, you, just a quarterback. You got a coach that players like and want to play for, who's been there and done that, and they see some of the talent. So, I I don't think they need to go out and pursue him. But if the Jags were on D Hop's shortlist, I wouldn't say no. Gotcha. What do you think about that that story about um, the NFL exec saying that he can't run anymore? That's kind of, I mean, I, I was like, eh, I wouldn't go that far. I, I'd, I'd blame it more on Call of Duty than him actually, you know, being able to catch the football, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but that's just my opinion. So, well, that doesn't worry me a ton. I mean, think about it. Like, his game was never, like, I can't think off the top of my head of a D hop highlight where a dude was just wide open from running past people. He was always like yeah. a 50 50 ball contested pass kind of guy. 
I mean, he played with a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. Toward the end of Fitzgerald's career, he couldn't really run anymore either. Mm-hmm. But he was still out there making plays because that was just his game was always, I'm going to use this my size. I'll go up and 50-50 ball you to death. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he, he's probably yeah. not the 1,300-yard-a-year kind of guy he once was. But if he can come in and give you six, seven, eight hundred yards. Yeah, no, not? it's just. Yeah, why not, you know? And and my thing has been it, it's been about okay. The the only thing that and and this was more of my buddy that was texting me because I get annoyed with him texting me all the time telling me I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> we just we just have that type of you know friendship. But no, it, it's it's really about the fact that you know they've built up some chemistry, uh, Trevor and, and and Zay Jones. However. The one knock on Zay Jones is, and the one thing I did think about, there are some games where he can look good, Dallas, and there are some games where he can look just bad, like drop, I think, drop balls like you wouldn't believe, and it's kind of like, well, that's the one thing about DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't drop the ball, like, at all. I think he's probably had, like, five drops his whole career, maybe six out of, like, what, eight years, something like that. Now, so I will say Zay was playing through some injuries that he probably shouldn't have played through. Okay. Uh, and like that Detroit game where he was dropping a bunch of passes, he probably shouldn't have played that game. Okay. So I will yeah. I will say that 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 there was there was some stuff working with him. Um, so he was trying to tough through some stuff, but uh, like last and year, that, and, that, and, <laughs> and that makes me want to say. Like okay, we definitely don't, you know, because he was willing to do willing to do that. So I'm like, ah, uh, that's tough to let to make him be the fourth person on the on the on the on the depth chart, right? Oh, no, I told you, I, I, that's why I started with. I love Zay, man, great yeah. dude. Um, you know, I think I think he's perfect for the, what the Jaguars are trying to build. But when you also start saying the goal is a Lombardi, you start saying, oh, man, how much talent can you put on the roster? Yeah, and I'm I'm not thinking about it as you know as much of well Zay's got to go. It's like okay, well who's the last wide receiver going to be on the roster? Like I like Parker Washington, but he, at the end of the day he was what a fifth or sixth round pick. Would I rather right. have Hop or Parker on the fifty three? Right. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with that. I mean, and I mean that that kind of leads me to my next point. Like you had an article about the the key to this upcoming season is the growth of the young players and the young nucleus that the team has right now. Um, with the draft um, and combined with what we had last year as well, you know, what is your outlook on the young talent that we have and you know, how do you see them contributing this year? You know, is it going to be something from the offensive line, defensive line? You know, where do we think we'll get uh, you know, most of the young talent um, contributions from this year? Well, the, there's a lot of young players that are going to get their shot. I mean, we know guys like Trayvon and Devin Lloyd are going to be starters that are going to play heavy minutes. We know Luke Fortner's entrenched himself there as a starter. So, I mean, there, there's three second-year starters locked in right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got to keep in mind that there are a couple other guys. Andre Sisco is going to be going into his second year as a starter because, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, Urban Meyer and Joe Cullen refused to play the dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother thing. And then you got Travis Etienne, who basically redshirted his rookie year. So this is really his only his second year playing. So, I mean, I, you almost consider both of them as second year players. 
So you're, you've got a lot of young players that are going to be con- able to contribute. I think that we're going to be in – I think Andre Sisco is going to have a huge season. Um, I know a lot of people are talking Tank's big B up, and I think Tank's great. I think Travis Etienne is about to, about to impress a lot of people and that adding Tank actually is going to put him in a better position to do what he likes to do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Trayvon Walker took a big jump this year. Um, and I talked to one of the guys in the story you're talking about that I do think is prime, like this is a make-or-break year for Jordan Smith. Um, this is his third season. Last year he tore his ACL, so we really didn't get a chance to see him. But he was pretty high up on the depth chart. I mean, he was above Art and Key in the rotation early on before he got hurt. So we'll see. Jordan Smith's got length. He's got athletic ability. If you remember the year they drafted him, they traded up to go get him. Right. Um, and talked to Trent Bulky made the pick and talked highly of him then. Jordan called himself one of the best pass rushers in the draft that year. We Everybody knows that the Jaguars' pass rush needs to improve somewhere along the line, whether that's back to our early conversation, Josh Allen having a huge year, whether that's the steps growth from Trayvon Walker. But the NFL is a pass rush league. you got to have three, four guys. And they lost Arden Key and Dewan Smoot from last season. And they haven't replaced either one of them. So somebody's got to step up for you. Maybe Yasir Abdullah can give you something. But a guy like Jordan Smith is a young guy that fits with the narrative of what the Jaguars are trying to do with that draft and develop. Um, And he has the athletic tools. He's put on good weight now. Mm -hmm. And I think he's got a good shot at being a rotational piece and being able to go in and help fill some of that void, uh, fill some of the void that they have for him. Another guy, and I'll, I'll give you this one. That, that is a developed guy is Kevin Austin. I think Kevin's going to push for a roster spot. Yeah. Um, he hung around last year, and I'm going to tell you, that boy couldn't catch a cold. Um, <laughs> but right now, he looks good. He looks way better. Uh, he impressed during rookie minicamp. He's been impressive during OTAs. And I try not to put too much stock in this just because you don't have pads on. Right. But I don't think I've seen him drop a pass. And last year, it was not uncommon to see that dude just put it on the ground. And he already had the physical tools, but if he can catch now, if he's been yeah. spending some time on the jug machine, he's a guy who could be a sleeper to, to make the roster and actually push for some playing time. Because he's, he's physically looked like an NFL receiver last year. He just didn't have the hands. Really quick, you, you, um, you mentioned about, you know, with, with OTAs in camp right now, you can't really put a lot into it, you know, again, because they, are, aren't, they aren't in pads. Um, are, Tyson Campbell, is there some defensive plays being made along with some of the Instagram highlights we've been seeing, you know, from the uh, from the offensive side of the ball? But are, are there more defensive plays being made uh, as well? Yeah, there are a few. I mean, Tyson Campbell is a consummate pro. I mean, he's coaching up some of the other, like, guys that have more veteran experience in the NFL than him now after practice. That dude, I mean, he spent a solid 30 minutes on a, on the on the machine that was shooting tennis balls at him just working on – hand-eye coordination and catching. Tyson works. Um, I'm, I, the matchup we're all waiting for is to see him versus Calvin. I, I just need, I need to see it one-on-one, but they haven't, they haven't let that happen just yet, at least not when we've been there. Right. Um, but, they, yeah, there have been some defensive plays there, here and there. Again, it, since there's so little contact, it's tough to put weight into it. I mean, like Caleb on Chase on had, like, two plays in a row earlier this week when we were at practice. What can I, what can you put into that? Is he getting ready to make this like contract year a big one? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just tough to put stock in. I mean, every year 
every team has some OTA minicamp darling that everybody thinks is going to be this next big thing. Yeah. And then he don't even sniff the roster. So I try not to put too much weight into it. But there, there are guys out there. Like, can't, I think Tyson is one of the underrated corners in this league. And I think part of it is just because of how much flack he got when he came in. Right. Um, but he's done so much work to improve. And he understands what it takes to be a corner. He's the leader in that cornerback room now. And that says a lot when he's a that's third awesome year guy. That's awesome to hear. That's really, that's really reassuring to hear. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's got it. He's got it. And, I mean, some of those – they have guys on the roster that are farther down the depth chart that have more NFL years than him, and Tyson's over there coaching them on positioning after practice. He's that guy. Awesome. Jamal, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on the uh, – well, not so much just even your thoughts, but maybe what you're hearing on the ground and from the players uh, as far as the back-to-back London game situation goes. Because uh, I know that the Jacksonville fans generally are not super thrilled. I mean, one of them is an away game, so that's fine. But it just feels like this sort of slow creep again towards, uh, you know, I don't know, incorporating London more uh, more and more uh, over the next few years. And in fact, I think there was even a rumor at some point about, uh, or maybe the commissioner had said that, you know, they may look at a third game at some point or another. So, I mean, from the from the standpoint of yourself, but also the organization and the players, are you hearing any feedback on the pros and cons about that, whether people are actually on board with that within the organization? I mean, most of the players are kind of toting the company line, like that's where it's scheduled, so that's what we're going to play. I mean, they some of them are, are more concerned about the turnaround going into that next game, which was the first thing that jumped out at me. Like, I thought they, if they did the back-to-back London, they'd have a bye week coming back. I think that Colts game is a trap game. I know some of them are concerned with how, how with getting reaccustomed after staying there, the time change and the flight and stuff. Um, but we'll see. I mean, this is almost like a, a, a test trial for the NFL. They're seeing how if the Jaguars can handle it um, and, and how it impacts them before they make any decisions. Uh, honestly, I think this game will have a whole lot more. The, the, the back-to-back London games, for me, will end up having a whole lot more bearing on, I think, stadium negotiations than it will have on this, this season um, because the, city, the city's never going to like the team being in London for two weeks. It's just never going to go over well. Yeah. Any uh, So I guess it's part two to that, that topic, but the stadium renovation piece um, should there be uh, some anxiety amongst fans that this all seems to be happening all at the same time where, you know, there's the potential, and I know it sounds ridiculous to say, oh, we're going to, you know, spend all this money to upgrade the stadium, but, uh, you know, who knows, maybe over the, the next few years while they're playing elsewhere, maybe they'll play a season just in London or a, a second season just in London or somewhere else. And, again, it's that conspiracy theory that it's sort of like a slow creep elsewhere. Is that an actual uh, feeling that fans should have or... Or, uh, you know, do you think we're kind of uh, getting uh, a little antsy like we always do when this topic comes up? Well, with the stadium deal would come a, an ex- a lease extension with the city. Like, those two would come come together. So uh, the only way they should get really nervous is if there isn't a stadium deal. Um, Shad Khan wants the team to be here. Um, he said that multiple times. I mean, he's made every investment around the city. I mean, he just bought Lemon Bar, you know, bought the Jacksonville Fairgrounds. He He's, he's spending his money around the city of Jacksonville to do different things. Um, so it, it would be extreme, unless they just can't get a deal done. Uh, I, I, think, I don't think he's shopping to move the team. Um, 
is there a chance that this deal goes down to the wire? I mean, with seven years left on the lease, you're already down to the wire. Like, uh, you can only wait so long to negotiate this and get this done. And the Jags can't sign a lease extension with the city until there's a stadium deal. The NFL just won't let it happen. Yeah. So, like, that goes hand in hand, and you're at year seven left at about – you got about three years. When you got four years left on that, the Jags are going to start shopping, and other cities are going to start sniffing around. Well, yo, I got a stadium. They ain't got no stadium for you. Like, what's up? You want to come to right. wherever? Right. We'll build you one. Um, so so that's the thing that would get me worried is if, if the, the clock is ticking. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's ticking fast. Well, you make a good point, though, because, I mean, what, the baseball team that I follow is the Oakland A's. And so if you follow the Oakland A's, you know that that's a complete disaster of a situation where they're moving, uh, you know, from from uh, a town where they're, you know, despite whatever feedback you hear about the attendance and everything, that has a pretty good fan base out there. But the difference is, is that their owner is, you know, pretty much uh, hated by the uh, community, by the uh, the city. Dodd's liked here? Right. People like him? Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think Shad. I mean, I think it's a completely different thing. I think Shad, uh, you know, it's just a nah. there's a different feel about it. Oh, come I, on! Boring. Compared I, to the Hayes owner, defended Shad to fans so many times. Shad is not well liked. I think no, John really. Fisher, John Fisher versus Shad Khan is a completely different thing, in my That's opinion. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> look, look, listen, what he just said. He bought the lemon bar. Okay, it could have been any other bar in town. But he bought the lemon bar. <laughs> okay. If he would have bought Pete's, oh, it would have been over. It would have been over. Yeah. They would have run him out of town already. You know it and I know it. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess, okay, so so uh, uh, the 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 feel, uh, positive or negative about Shad Khan, that's one thing. But I will say the thing that Shad Khan destroys John Fisher on is spending money. Because, I mean, you can cite all these examples of, of investments he's making in the city, and Fisher's still running the, the smallest budget in the MLB by a lot, right? So uh, I don't know. I feel like – so I, I hear those things because I, you know, frequent those – the subreddit and all the, the Twitter A's uh, following and everything, and you, you hear the comparisons. But I don't know. It just seems like a completely different thing to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, I – there's there's always reason for concern when it comes to deals like this because it's just such an expensive deal. I mean, a renovation is going to cost the city a lot of money, and I mean, I'm in I'm in the group that thinks they should build a whole new stadium because I think, uh, yeah, I, I think <laughs> play, the team at this point playing in Gainesville, Orlando, wherever for two years, I I think that's be- if I'm the Jaguars, I'm saying we can't do this. Mm-hmm. because you've been building your fan base and you're finally to the point like you always had to fight were one of the younger NFL teams you're to the point where the people that don't know life without an NFL team in Jacksonville that don't know life without the Jaguars are getting to to where they have disposable income and you yep. want to take the team away for two years exactly. that's a that's a marketing nightmare uh, so I if I if I'm them I'm asking for a new stadium if I'm the city I want to build a new stadium and tear down TIA Bank Field because it's going to look better on the city, and hopefully you can attract new events. And you you don't need to look further past Chicago, where they renovated Soldier Field, and it was a nightmare, and it's not even a historical site anymore, and now they're trying to move and build a new stadium somewhere else to say, see why you might not want to do that renovation. Sure. That's me, though. That's why I, I, 
I can't even imagine. I, I if they, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the coming months. Uh, but yeah, I can't even imagine. Well, to wrap it up, uh, just because we've talked off uh, talked offline about it a little bit, you mentioned Chicago, AEW's in Jacksonville. CM Punk's coming back. Sorry for anybody that I'm spoiling this for if they had Dynamite recorded. What are your thoughts? Hey, look, it's Chicago. If you do a show in Chicago and you don't get CM Punk to be at that show, what are you doing? I mean, he had to be at that show. That was always like the, the target date for him, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, cool. I appreciate, uh, and we appreciate you being on again. Uh, I mean, I think this has been like year 100 that you've agreed to do this, so that's very awesome, and we always uh, look forward to talking to you. Um, any uh, shout-outs you want to give on uh, anything that you're working on or um, you know, Twitter or anything like that? Because Although, let me say, I did see that you're now uh, podcasting as well. I don't know if I caught on to that late, but I saw the Spotify link and everything. We're all over the place. I mean, we we do a lot over at News for Jacks, just trying to, you know, get in whatever. But you know, hey, appreciate y'all always having me on. It's always a blast. Um, yeah, if you want to check out anything from me, it's over on newsforjacks.com. Okay, awesome, good stuff. And uh, I'm willing to bet that most people follow you more so than they listen to us. So uh, us asking you to plug anything sounds kind of ridiculous, probably. But anyway, um, <laughs> just to be honest. Nah, <laughs> I ain't on like that. <laughs> Makes us feel fancy. Uh, and I'll edit that out, don't worry. But um, just kidding. But um, yeah, no, we appreciate it. And uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. We got a couple of those the other day, which is awesome. We love that. Uh, if you're on Spotify and Google Podcasts, uh, I don't know if they have review systems, but you can at least subscribe to catch the new episodes. And again, we're affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.